Hello again, dearest listeners of The Lodge. We've got a great one for you today with my longtime friend, Hamlet Hertzu. Hamlet is a professional wrestler in the New York City area who just won a title down in Puerto Rico. Join us today as we discuss that in detail, along with many other things. So let's get this rolling, but first, a quick note from our sponsor. no idea how efficient, efficient people get. It's completely, it's off the charts. What would you be like? What would you be like? Three, two, one. We are live. Landy Lodge, episode 26 with Hamlet Hertzu. Good morrow, groundlings. What's going on, dude? It is such a pleasure to be here. Nick and I have known each other for so long, so many years. It's been a while. It's decade been... and a half, almost. I know. Maybe maybe a little bit longer. Um, But even so, it is such an honor to be here. Thank you for having me. It is great to be at the Landy Lodge. Welcome to the Lodge, dude. The Lodge welcomes you. It's an honor to be here, brother. So you just got back from Puerto Rico. Yeah, um, it was a crazy weekend. Um, so I traveled with New Evolution Wrestling. We had our invasion in Puerto Rico. Um, it was incredible. You know, we had this idea of something we wanted to do. We wanted to go to this um, promotion, JWP, John's Wrestling Production. We wanted to go there. And, we, you know, we wanted to take over. And we said, you know, we were going to come and we were going to, do some real things. And, you know, I warned everybody. I said, you know, beware the Ides of March. You know, beware the Ides of March. The powers of the Ides of March are real. And uh, we went in. And on the first night there, you know, they decidingly uh, put me against uh, this legend, you know, the legend of Aguadilla, Black Treble. And uh, the title was on the line. And one thing led to another. And the next thing I knew, you know, one, two, three, I'm the heavyweight champion of Puerto Rico. And, uh, you know, it was such an honor that um, I got to go down there and win the title and, you know, be accepted by the fans. And, you know, even though we went in there and we, you know, kind of took what we wanted to take, you know, I think they really respected it. And, uh, you know, before we left, you know, we had some contract obligations of a show we had to fill. And, you know, I don't need to necessarily get into too many details, but um, some games were played and, uh, you know, unfortunately... I had to take on three guys at one time, and uh, I had the title taken away from me in circumstances where that beyond my control. They gang, wait, wait, wait. They gang, did they gang up on you? So, did you feel they ganged up on you? Uh, what happened then? So basically what happened was, you know, I, you know, I was told. So I had this interview after the match, and, um, you know, I don't speak Spanish. You know, I was fortunate okay. enough to be around some people who, you know, could help me in that sense. Okay. Uh, so, you know, the match was over, and I'm in the back, and this announcer comes over, and, you know, he, you know, is hyping me up. He's very excited. And I knew what he was saying. But, you know, I didn't necessarily understand every single word that was coming out of his mouth. You know, it's like Shakespeare. You know, I'll go to shows. I'll do things here and there. And, you know, people don't necessarily understand everything I'm saying. But they know that it relates to the moment. And then they get it. And then they're with me. So, you know, this guy was talking to me in Spanish. And, uh, you know, I didn't really understand too many things. But I was very excited. Obviously, I just won the heavyweight title of the world. And, uh, you know... um, I figured out later that, you know, I was committing to a match Sunday, uh, a triple threat match. And, uh, you know, uh, you find that out last minute, you know, I get the call Sunday, you know, we'll see you at the show. I'm expecting to get on the plane and, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm like, okay, you know, I'm a defending champion, you know, I'm gonna, Yorick and I will be there. We'll make our appearance. You know, we'll do one last thing before we have to, you know, get on the plane and say sorry and sign art to the fans for a little while. But, um, we show up to the event and, uh, you know, professional wrestling, things change all the time. A triple threat match now became a fatal four-way match. And again, you know, it's not a handicap match. Uh, we're not, you know, doing um, a three-on-one, but, you know, you have to understand that we came in, we were doing the invasion. New Evolution Wrestling was bringing the invasion to Puerto Rico. And, you know, we we definitely made JWP feel that the answer was to be, and they decided to make the circumstances seem like it was going to be every You made them feel that the answer was to be. Can you unwrap that for a minute? Well, you know, I kept saying, beware the Ides of March, Nick, beware the Ides of March. And, you know, Hamlet has been saying for a long time that, you know, something is going to happen. And uh, within the last few months, I've been having these weird dreams. You know, Yorick has been speaking to me in these dreams. And in these dreams, I'm 
I'm with the title and, you know, I'm here and I'm there and, you know, I just, I don't, I don't know what's happening next. This is professional wrestling. Everything is evolving. Everything is changing all the time. You just want to be a part of it. You just want to be there. And then you want to have that opportunity. If you work hard and you do what you need to do and you show up, the right person is going to be like, this is the guy who needs that opportunity. So, you know, I, I take every opportunity that's given to me fatal four ways, you know, single match, tag match, uh, you know, titles in every division. It doesn't matter. Um, but the point is that if I'm there and I'm, you know, ready for an opportunity, like facing a veteran, like black treble and getting a a world heavyweight title opportunity, you know, I'm going to seize it. And we went in there and I told them the answer was to be And on my first night in Puerto Rico. I left with the world title and, uh, you know, like I said, not to, you know, go off tangent, but, you know, we had this last match on Sunday and, uh, you know, like I said, I had to agree to it and I showed up and, um, one thing led to another and it was supposed to be a triple threat match. And, uh, you know, they told me last minute it was going to be a fatal four-way match. And, you know, I agreed to it because, again, I'm not walking into it thinking, okay, this is going to be a handicap match three-on-one. But, you know, once you get in the ring and you realize, okay, these guys these guys wrestle each other all the time. These guys are in this promotion every single week, every single day performing. They know each other backwards Sound, and forwards. Sounds like it was a little game of old guard versus new guard. Well, let's put it this way. If I came into your house and I showed you up and I take your title and I haven't gotten on the plane yet, I think you want to do everything you need to do to make Bro, sure I don't if, take it home. If you came in here and you took over the lodge, if this became your podcast, listen, you just came into listen, my house listen, and took listen, it, listen, I'd be like, yo, listen, get my boys. Nick, Nick, We're getting Nick, the podcast Nick, back. Nick, listen, we, we are brothers we have been brothers a very long time like i said it's not a beer i am not trying to invade the landy lodge it's very comfortable i would love to stay here but again this is your house i am very humble i am just happy to be here but you know we did go into puerto rico we had the invasion we did everything we were going to do and like i said you know they put things together the right way that you know i'm very humble i take every opportunity i'm not going to step down from a challenge and i said okay i'll take on these three guys i'm going to go home as the champion but like i said you get in the ring and you see these guys in front of you and you're like, oh my God, these guys wrestle each other all the time. This is going to be a real challenge. And, you know, one thing led to another. I definitely held my own. I'm not mad necessarily about, you know, the fight that I put up. But again, you know, three against one. And, you know, uh, as the former JWP heavyweight champion, I'm definitely issued a rematch, you know, in the contract that is agreed upon as uh, wrestler promotions go. And, um you know, everything is set in stone. You know, again, I'm sorry, not everything is set in stone yet. We need to work out some... L- little terms here and there because again I want to make sure when I go back things are done the right way I don't want to have to do another Fatal 4-Way match I don't want to have to do any of these crazy stipulations that I'm thrown into I want to know what's going on I want to know that I'm wrestling the best person there and that when Hamlet comes to Puerto Rico the renaissance of wrestling will be there to stay and there's not going to be any more of these games so once everything is set in stone with that I'll definitely keep you posted I'll get like Hell yes. the fans of the lodge we're know gonna, we're going to watch you back on here for this for oh sure. of course yeah, yeah, yeah. no of course it'll be an honor and next time I'm going to have the title with us so you know when York and I show up you know and the title's here we'll definitely have even more stories to tell you about Puerto Rico that sounds exciting as hell <laughs> when do you think you're due to go back there if uh, you had a guess and I'm not you know if you don't know for sure right now it's all good you know I know that things are kind of in the work for October um you know I I know that that's kind of the month where you know things might work out you know i know that my schedule kind of fits that october could be a possibility you know i I got a lot of things going on uh in march april may june you know that's why i i said you know before i left you know they want to play these games you know if i wasn't (laughs) busy i bro i would have canceled the flight tomorrow and you know i would have brought shakespeare to the masses every single day of puerto rico and i would have shined as the champion that i know i am but you know, uh, things have to work out the way they do. So, um, this week I'm debuting in Rhode Island. I'm going to be at Extreme Wrestling Alliance. Awesome. Um, yeah, that's going to be really cool. I'm looking forward to that. And then, uh, going in April, um, you know, we're doing a, York and I have a television taping, ECPW in Richfield Park. That's going to be really cool. And then, you know, the weekend 13th, 14th, 15th, we're going to be in Massachusetts. Uh, we're with New Age Wrestling Springfield, Massachusetts that Friday. Um, oh no, I'm sorry. We're with, uh, North, uh, New Age Wrestling on Saturday, <laughs> Massachusetts. And then Sunday, we're going to be at Test of Strength in North, Northampton, Massachusetts. And then, uh, May, we're going to be in the Bronx. You know, there's a lot of things going on. Um, Bronx Wrestling Federation is, um, a lot of interesting things happening there. You know, I think they've been in the dark for a little while and, um, they have a couple of new people stepping up and trying to, uh, lead the promotion and do some cool things. And, um, I just so happened to have been there and, uh, you know, York and I have made an impact and, you know, it's possible that in May I might be coming after the Universal Heavyweight Championship of the World in the Bronx. But, you know, things are, you know, still in the works. You know, like I said, wrestling is constantly changing. Things are always evolving um, and you never really know what's going to happen. 
Um, but New Evolution Wrestling, uh, the group, me and the guys who went to Puerto Rico, um, we're doing our next show in Queens. Uh, it's the, it's the Chico Memorial Cup. It's going to be on the 22nd at the Queensboro, uh, Queensboro Elks Lodge. And, um, it's going to be great. You know, we're doing some really great things. Um, we're going to have a show to honor Pedro Morales. Um, you know, we got in touch with, um, his family, they wanted to do a show with us, so we're going to honor them, absolutely. And, you know, we have a lot of interesting things happening in the world of New Evolution Wrestling. And like I said, man, um, it's possible in October we could be making our way back. You know, we're kind of trying to work things out. But um, as a group, New Evolution Wrestling, we have a lot of cool things going on. Like I said, you know, June, the Chico Cup. Um, and, uh, you know, stay tuned because the renaissance of wrestling has no intention of stopping. And U.S., international, we're, we're going to go everywhere, man. Dude. Sounds dude. like you're a busy motherfucker. Yeah, no, well, it's you're like, all over the place, dude. I know. Well, that's why I'm talking really fast. <laughs> I mean, I probably can't even be understood by anyone listening. Oh no, no, babbling. you're you're being very clear and concise. <laughs> Absolutely. I hope so. Otherwise, I'm just babbling like a motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, you know, you 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 tout the line the Renaissance of wrestling. Yeah. So you believe. That you are the renaissance of wrestling. Well, this is what or I... Or that you're part of the renaissance of wrestling. What's going on here? I think it's both. It's I think I think I am the personification of the renaissance of wrestling. And what I want to do is one of my career goals. I want to usher in a renaissance of wrestling where, you know, we, we see lots of different things happening in the world of professional wrestling right now. There's lots of different platforms of storytelling. There's this type of wrestling and then there's this type of wrestling, like... There's so many things going on that no matter what your taste is, no matter what your interest is, there's something for everybody. So, you know, with what's going on in the world of wrestling, I think with what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to bring a bit of myself to everywhere I go. And, you know, you, you know me for a long time, you know, in high school, you knew, you know, mm. Shakespeare, theater, those were things that I was very passionate about. They were things I pursued. 100%. And then, uh, you know, when I went to college, you know, I pursued my degree in theater and you know that's kind of where my imagination evolved where i was like you know i'm going to take all of these techniques and things and ways of storytelling and i'm going to apply them to this physical world that i've loved forever and i want to try to do something different so that's when i started training and you know i i tried to find my place in wrestling and then it just came to a place where after i had come back from certain obstacles and you know i i took a look at where I was, I realized, you know, the best way of me really going out and having people recognize who I am and what I'm doing is just to be me as blatant and black and white as possible. And that's where Hamlet was born. That's where Yorick became, you know, my tag partner. And, you know, everywhere we go, you know, we change the way people think about Shakespeare and wrestling. You know, we, we just want to present something different. So whether it's through, you know, uh, the physicality of a match or whether it's through me managing somebody who's doing something different and just making people feel different about Shakespeare and wrestling on a whole nother level is what I want to bring to the table. And I think that every time I'm given the opportunity to do something on a show, it's bringing the renaissance of wrestling to that new level. So when we talk about the renaissance of wrestling, I like to think of when I show up, I am the renaissance of wrestling. And as York and I evolve, the renaissance of wrestling will become the era in which we live. And that will be my era. <laughs> uh-huh. So, you know, it's... Well, for, for the people listening, can you explain to them who Yurik is? You can, you're referencing him often. <laughs> and I know that we're fortunate that Yurik is with us here today for those who will be able to watch. So so basically, you know, for those who are familiar with Hamlet, you know, um, the cliche image of Hamlet that pretty much everyone recognizes is Hamlet with the skull. And the skull is of Yorick. So Yorick was the king's jester who, when Hamlet was at the grave and he saw the skull, that's who he recognized. And he thought of these fond memories and these images and things that in the time of the play, you know, maybe brought him personally, emotionally to a different level. So in my career, in the certain obstacles and things I've had, I don't need to go into details, but Yorick who is beside me, appeared to me when he needed to appear to me. And he's been on my side ever since. And the dreams, the images that I've had, I know that Hamlet was always a part of my soul. Hamlet was always ready to be born. And it's not Shakespeare's Hamlet. It's the it's the Hamlet that the world of professional wrestling needs. It's the Hamlet that the renaissance of wrestling needs. It's this guy 
who loves Shakespeare, who loves storytelling so much that his words, his actions, his moves make you feel entirely different from something that everything else, everybody else is doing. So when we talk about the renaissance of wrestling, it's the evolution of what I do every single day into the era in which we live, I think. Well, let me tell you something, dude. <laughs> I am I'm a, I, I 100% love what you're doing. Love that whole little backstory. I'm obsessed with archetypes. Now, Hamlet, for those who don't know, was the rightful king. Yes. He needed to take his place as king. Now, you can judge a king by how they treat their jester. Sure. Because the jester, because he says his words in jest, is truthfully the only one who's allowed to tell the truth. He, well, the real truth. Yeah, he's one of the only people that gets close to the king. You know, I mean, you can really judge a king by how they deal with their people and the people around them. So if, you know, you don't treat the people that are around you well, you know, you could be king, but that doesn't mean you're necessarily going to stay king as history's always shown us. So, And I think that's what makes the jester so interesting and the relationship the king and the jester have. Because, um, like, you see it, you see it in The Lion King, right? Sure. The Lion King is based on Hamlet. Sure. And Mufasa is a good king because he has a good relationship with Rafiki. Absolutely. The jester. Sure. You know, the, um, what would you say? He's the, he's the potential of everything you could be across time. Sure. So, a good king is good to their jester. Now, here is Hamlet, the rightful king, walking with the legacy of his kingdom's jester. True. And at the same time, you know, think about Seems like how, you're a good king. Well you're paying honor to your jester. Well, as I said, you know, I've had dreams, so maybe, you know, my jester feels that the joke's been on me and now it's time for me to take what's mine and that's kind of where we've come to fruition right now. But, you know, I, I think also look at how much a king has to take. You know, how being at the top is great, but again, everything that comes with being at the top, things that nobody sees, things that you have to deal with every single day. And to have somebody who can make you laugh mm-hmm. and, and kind of take that stress away for a minute, that is such a gift that nobody can give you. And especially if you're the king, you have everything in the world, right? You could have mm-hmm. anything, but how many people can make you laugh? How many people can maintain your attention? Well, a lot of a lot of actors in Hollywood say that like it's actually, they feel it's tougher to make someone laugh than it is to make them cry. Uh, well, I think, you know, I think comedy is very difficult. I think to honestly, you know, the whole thing with performing is you have to be real. Whether it's comedy and it's tragedy, you have to bring something real to the table that people can invest in. Or else it won't click. No. Otherwise, someone feels that you're either trying to make me sad or you're trying to make me happy. And both of those things suck. You have to be real. You have to present real story. You have to present raw emotion. And you have to present something that's going to stick because if you don't give people those things and you're just like, oh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to get you to laugh or I'm going to tell this story because this is funny. Like, you know, that's also the great thing about wrestling independently and being able to travel if you have the opportunity to travel to different places because you learn very fast if you're lucky enough that things work in places that you wouldn't expect. And when you think something's going to work, you go into it and it doesn't work and you have to change things on the fly. And that's how you learn to really process and grow and know what you're doing. And that, and that in no way, shape or form means that the audience dictates what you're doing. But that means that your job is to uh, elicit a response. And if you go into it with an idea and you're not eliciting that response, then why should anybody care about you in the future? Like if you don't make me feel the way I should feel about you, then why am I going to care about you? But if you make me feel different or if I like, I think it's great when I can watch wrestling and I know that I, I really dislike somebody and I can appreciate their work, but I really dislike them because that's, that's real. Yeah. Like there's just something about you. I don't <laughs> like, and fuck, you know, fuck it. That's great. You know, like it, it, you have to have something real to the table and that's what I'm trying to do. I think. So what is the aspect from, from you that you're carrying into Hamlet Hurts You. What, what's... Yeah, I think, well, that's why Hamlet Hurts You is not just Hamlet. To understand Hamlet Hurts You is to understand that Hamlet Hurts You is a postmodern Hamlet that has to deal with things in today's life, in today's world, that Hamlet would have had to necessarily dealt with in, in the story. Like, it's a postmodern, it's a, it's a new growth of this character. But at the same time, to understand that this is who this person is, 
is to also know that this person has a great um, appreciation and knowledge and history of Shakespeare. And that's where Hamlet the person evolves to. It's not just this character or this evolution of a character. It's the larger than life person that is like the walking complete works. That is the, that is the walking complete works of Shakespeare. Like I, I want to grow to the point where again, my references my the certain things I do, maybe I come out with Yorick. Maybe Yorick has a night off, and I just come out with the complete works. And then I decide that tonight's match is going to be entirely based on you know the Midsummer Midsummer Night's Dream, and I try to reference things and do things that people who maybe didn't know the play now will have little kind of inside references to it and can appreciate it in a new context of this physical intense world that is wrestling. But also people who do know it can kind of laugh and now they're in on the inside joke. And now if maybe they knew of me, now we have an inside joke together and now you have a reason to want to buy my shirt or support me in some way because now we have this inside joke together where maybe you watched wrestling and you kind of had an interest or an idea of Shakespeare and you're like, that's cool. But, you know, every time I see it, it's kind of old or it just, I don't feel like I can connect with it. And you have this idea of it and then you see me and now it's refreshing and like, it's kind of cool to like Shakespeare. Are you trying to connect wrestling and or theater back to its roots? Is that what you feel part of this is? Do you feel like there's something from the roots of Shakespeare that's been lost? I I mean, absolutely. In the sense of what I'm trying to do with my career in being Hamlet Hurts You and being a professional wrestler, like at its core, that's why I am wrestling independently. But to answer the first question, that's kind of one of my career goals just in what I want to do before I retire and I don't do anything in the ring anymore is like when I was, you know, getting my bachelor's degree in theater, I purchased at the Conservatory of Theater Arts. Like I had this idea where I was like, before I leave, I want to do Shakespeare in a ring before my board of study. And I want them to respect and understand my love for what this is. Because when I was talking about things I wanted to do to finish, you know, my degree, I, I had this idea that I wanted to write and pitch this idea to be able to get a space at the school to do it. And the community was very supportive, but I got a lot of backlash from the board because again, why are we going to let this guy do a Shakespeare wrestling show? It's weird. But. I was fortunate enough that my advisor at the school was the former president and he was the head of the Shakespeare department. And I was, I'm still very close with him. I love Gary Waller to death. Um, and I also, you know, um, Lenora Champagne, who's one of the founders of solo performance. Um, she teaches at NYU. She was, um, also teaching at Purchase and I happened to take some classes with her. And in doing a solo performance class with her, I, that's where I actually started developing the idea that was Renaissance of the Ring. And it was going to be a solo piece where I'm in a ring talking about my life and talking about why wrestling and Shakespeare are important to me. And that's where the roots of this started. And she was on the board. So she supported me too. So between Gary and her, um, and David Bassick, who was also, um, one of the former heads of the conservatory I purchased, like I had good people behind me. So even though I had some backlash, um, I had people in my corner and I got approved to do it. And then I, I did Renaissance of the Ring in 2014 and I got to include bits of Hamlet and Macbeth and Richard III. And I told this story of where I was at my professional career as a student and what my dreams were and what I wanted to accomplish in this business. And I did my show and I set a really strong tone where the board completely changed how they felt. It was, it was so humbling because I started this and it was kind of like, we're going to let him do this as a joke, but it's really cool. But it's like, how are we going to feel? And then I did it and I had to do the preview show for just the board and a few people who were allowed to come in. And I'll never forget that when I finished, I came out of the ring and I'm drenched in sweat and I'm disgusting. And they're all like in a half circle around me. And everyone's looking at each other and they're like, so does anyone have any notes or anything to say? And they're all just like looking at each other. Nobody knows what to say. And it was just so humbling that they all individually hugged me, drenched in sweat, drenched in my sweat. And they were just like, it was so great for you to to see you do this. And, you know, it was so great. And we're looking forward to seeing how the rest of the week is going to turn out. You're definitely going to pack this house. It's going to be wonderful. And they were all so humbling. And then I remember that um, David Basick, uh, one of the former heads of the conservatory, took me aside. And, you know, he was, uh, he gave me the honor enough to say, you know, listen, you know, and since I've been here at Purchase at that time, he told me, you know, this is one of the best things I've seen at Purchase. And, you know, you should definitely keep pursuing this and trying to build something off of this. And at that point, I was just like, I want to take this to the next level. So then it was, okay, where do I go from here? And 
you know, it's very easy to kind of just say, I'm just going to take, you know, my show and promote it and I'm going to get into a theater and I'm going to do this. But if nobody knows who you are, what you stand for, what your mission statement is, your concept, nobody's going to invest in you because nobody knows. So the beautiful thing about what I have to give, not for just my show, but back to the wrestling industry is I am going wherever, you know, someone has that interest and I feel that the talent is professional, the promotion is professional, everyone who works is professional and we work together to make something different and to make something that people want to come to and that's the heart of what independent wrestling should be. So in in doing these things that I've been doing this year and building off last year, I want to continue to build the support system to build my audience base and in the process of bringing the quote-unquote renaissance of wrestling to wherever I'm going and bringing this idea of what wrestling can be and what I can be to these different promotions, at the end of the day, I want to be able to take the renaissance of the ring, my play, my show to the next level and get a space, hopefully in the city, maybe some warehouse in the packing, in the meatpacking district, just some, some place where I have the creative freedom to say, here is this ring, here is my space, like, and I'm going to present you Shakespeare and wrestling in a way that you've never seen it before. And it's going to entirely change the way you feel about both of these things by the time you leave. And if I didn't, and if I, and if I don't, then I don't deserve to wrestle and I don't deserve to have a career in this business. Well, there's a fucking tall bar to set for yourself. But at the end of the day, like, that's where I need to be because if I don't set the bar there for myself, then I'm not going to bring the level of where I know I can be to all of these awesome promotions that I'm wrestling at. So, like I said, because that's where I, that's my end goal. That's what I'd like to do. I, right now, I'm building my career as a professional wrestler. I am going to places that, that are professional that are really working to make themselves and their talent better and i'm working there to continue to promote myself my brand hopefully get to a higher level like i would love to wrestle in japan in the next year i would love to wrestle with ring of honor i would love to wrestle you know with the wwe i would love to grow to that level and be able to do something worldwide that's the real bringing the renaissance of wrestling that is me to a whole other audience because you know, I, I'm not going to lie. I'm not expecting wrestling fans to enjoy theater. I'm not expecting to take the wrestling audience in its entirety and have them come back and enjoy what I'm doing. What I'm trying to do is get the attention of wrestling fans who I know are out there who don't necessarily think that the industry today and what's happening is um, worth their passion and their love for what this is. And they're waiting for something that's different to reawaken why they fell in love with wrestling in the first place. And those are the people I'm trying to focus on because if I can get those people with me, those are the people who I know are going to come to see my show. And at the end of the day, if I can get something like that going, that's the mark that I just want to leave. Because once I'm done, I, I just think that wrestling itself has so much to give and Everybody who's in this business, everybody who did anything with wrestling has the business to thank for it because we would have nothing without the ring itself. And we give our bodies to it. There is no way to fake it. There is like fake is the, is the most, it's, it, you can't, you can't associate wrestling with fake because you learn how to take shots. You learn how to fall, but over time, those things catch up with you. So that's why you see where, where everybody ends up. And we, we should all live and be well. We should all live to 100. But we know we accept the responsibilities that come with what we do. And we know that people are going to call what we do fake. But at the end of the day, you know, anybody can try, you know, uh, learning to fall or doing this. But to do this on a consistent level, to wrestle every week, to wrestle every weekend, to do this year after year, to to maintain that is something that people don't understand. And that's why, you know, God bless fighters who have months and months to train and months and months to prepare and and then they re and then they work you know they they have that fight how many times out of the year when you're wrestling on two shows a week three shows a week you're doing house shows you know and then not to mention that you're doing events you're going you know for um meet and greets you're doing a radio show it, it's it's everything that comes with it so you don't get rest your your body's taking its toll but at the end of the day I'm not complaining. I know the people who love it are not complaining because we love what we do. We are so thankful to get the opportunities that we get to be able to promote ourselves, to promote what we do, and to get people excited and passionate again about what we do. Because 
if that's the mark we leave, we just gave wrestling to the next generation. Because if we continue with this idea that wrestling was great in the 90s, uh, it's never going to be what it was. It's not going to be around in 20 years. Or it's not that it's not going to be around. <laughs> It'll be around, but we're not going to have that same excitement. It's going to be the same stories being told the same way over a hundred years. But that's why guys who I respect, who like what, like what I'm trying to do and do something different when we can bring that to the table. Like I hope that's the direction that wrestling is going to take. That's going to make people excited again. So let me ask you something. You're obviously some, somebody who hustles. You can't look the way you do and not hustle. (laughs) You're you're going in day in and day out for the people who are listening. What, because not only are you a hustler, you're setting your sights above the sky, and it's comm- <laughs> it's commendable. And you know, um, thank you, brother. Of course, of course. What advice would you have for the people listening to meet their goals, to have the to have the courage to aim high? That's a great question. I love that question. It's a fantastic question. So you know, by day, you know, we all have to survive. So you know, I mean. I am making a career as a professional wrestler and I'm doing well, but I also love personal training. So I'm fortunate enough to, you know, I work at uh, Crunch 59th Street in the city and I'm fortunate to work with some great people who have achieved some awesome goals. So just in terms of setting goals and achieving goals, the first thing you have to do is you have to make a decision to know you want to go after something. And then you have to put all things aside and you just have to start with the smallest step. What people do is we get overwhelmed with the idea that we have to go directly for the big picture. And in the process of going for the big picture, you either do one of two things. You either don't do anything because you're too scared to take the first step that will get you towards the big picture because it's never going to be big enough. It's never going to be as big as the big picture itself. Mm -hmm. Or you're going to take a step and then you're going to be very complacent in the couple of things that you've done to kind of say that I didn't really not do it, but I haven't done enough yet that I'm, I'm growing towards it. And then you kind of stay there. So the first thing is you have to set the goal. Second thing is you have to take the smallest step. And the third thing is that you have to keep doing small steps and you have to keep setting small things. So it's like every week, you know, you, you make three things, very realistic, attainable things. We like to talk about smart goals. You know, you want to set goals that are realistic and are attainable and are not beyond, you know, the realm of, you know, of what you could actually do. So if, you know, I, I meet with people every week, they say to me, uh, John, I want to gain 20 pounds in uh, four weeks. You know, I'm telling you like, you know, okay, you want to gain, gain, you want to gain 20 pounds in four weeks. It's, you know, uh, a little unrealistic. Now, can I tell you we can gain 20 pounds in four weeks if you just eat like crap and, you know, we lift heavy things? Sure. But like you want to gain 20 pounds of muscle. So what science says is you can gain you know, maybe, uh, you know, one pound lean muscle of week if we get your nutrition in the right place, if you're following the program the right way. But at the end of the day, all you need to do is stick to what I'm telling you to do and keep the small goals. So apart from training, apart from, you know, aesthetic goals, what you want to do with, you know, yourself, I, for your career, whatever you would do, I would just say, start small, have the big picture, and then just keep moving forward with the small steps. Because at the end of the day, enough small steps will make a really big sound and that big sound is going to be felt and maybe the big sound isn't going to be the big takeoff for you maybe it's not going to be what's going to take you to the greatness that you're destined for but that big sound will probably be felt by somebody who's not too far away and then the next couple of steps that you make they're going to hear those steps so the next big sound you make they're ready to come over to you and shake your hand and say listen I heard what you did over there and that was awesome. So no matter what it is, no matter what your goal is, I feel like that's the best way to approach it is think about making the little steps, taking the small steps, all the small little sounds you make, and then those eventually lead up to a big sound. And it won't take too many big sounds for somebody to hear you knocking on the door to your greatness. That's going to open it up and get you where you need to go. Well, you know what it is? I think a lot of people suffer from, we kind of look at like the path to success as like from the top down. Yeah. That like, you know, you just have to do what you have to do and then somebody from on high will descend upon you and sure. give you what you need, of give course. you the chance. Of course. But when I think the truth is kind of what you're getting at is like, it's it's not like that. It's a staircase, you know, and it's every day those little micro bits you do, those little micro wins towards yeah. your goals you do are what get you to the top. Yeah. And it's like, it's not necessarily that somebody descends from on high. It's that you've reached their eye level. Yeah. It's like you worked your way up to reach their eye level where they're like, I want to fuck with you. Yeah. I want to push what you're doing. Yeah. Let's do this. Yeah. And, it's, and it's also that the work itself is what 
trains you. Like anybody could get an opportunity and grasp it and be at the top. Yep. But how do you stay at the top? It's yeah, by true. you have to have the experience of handling all of those small steps like a pro. Because yeah. again, that doesn't mean that you know, if you do things the right way and you take those small steps that you have to be a pro at that level to handle that small step. You don't, but you'll be that much closer to it by the time you get to the big move. But if you don't have those small steps, you're not going to have the experience to, you know, uh, adapt and to change. Like I said, you never know what your audience is going to, is going to be into. You never know what's going to work and you have to do what you have to do. Like I need people to have emotional involvement with me for my interest and myself to grow. Like I said, like I try to be as real as I can with everybody I wrestle. I do Greco-Roman wrestling, chain wrestling. That's how I was taught. That's what I try to do. But I'm also able to bring the theatrics and the beauty of what Shakespeare performance art is because I have the legitimacy of my strength and my skill to be able to tie up the people I'm in the ring with and have the opportunity to perform. That's where my thing works. So, you know, you have to be able to adapt and to grow and to do different things. And you won't know that unless you have your reps. Again, like if you're training to do something physical, if you're trying to learn a physical skill, you will not be able to own it as yourself without taking those steps. Maybe you'll get lucky and you'll do it good once or twice. God bless you if you do. But if you're trying to have longevity, if you're trying to build a base, it only takes one time for you to fall or to do something and then that's it, you know, or reverse, like you get a big opportunity when you're not ready and then you're not, you don't understand how to seize the opportunity or to, you know, shine the way you need to or, or to make everything that you're doing shine. And in not being able to own that in your experience, you lose out on that opportunity. And then who wants to take an opportunity on you again? Because you had this big opportunity that you didn't understand how to grasp. So some people are fortunate that they get a big opportunity really soon and they're able to take it and go other places. Um, I am just all about, you know, you have to start small. Like if you want to do something, start owning how to do it and progress and some way you'll get to where you need to be and you'll have the experience to stay there. You need to have the foundation of good habit. Yeah. You know, that's really what it's about. Yeah. And you have to, again, be able to maintain. You have to be able to stabilize like... You know, uh, it's, it's like wrestling itself. Like if you establish that your move set and the things that you do in the ring are very outlandish and crazy, like people expect you to do those things all the time. And then if you do something that's very athletic and, you know, crazy backflips, triple backflips outside the ring on whoever, like God bless you again, it only takes one time. And I'm not saying that you can't do that safely and that that's not a cool style. I love it. I envy it. I wish I could do it. But the point is that my style is I stick to as much wrestling as possible. Mm. And the wrestling is what allows me to perform the Shakespeare and do what I do. So I, I, I legitimately, I wrestle. I do the holds that I was taught. I know how to work around the ring. I know how to take and get from my opponent what I need to. And I've only gotten that from the experience of being fortunate to have worked with certain people who trained me, who helped me. And in now having gone to different places and continuing to travel and see this person, this is how this person does it. This is how this person does it. And everybody does things different. You go to Mexico, they wrestle on an entire, it's like going to a different country and driving on the different side of the road. Like yeah. they, they, they go to chain, chain and grab different body parts on the other side of the body. Like everything is, is different. Like, um, but the point is that if, you are are taught well and you own your technique um it doesn't matter where you go technique like uh the the grounding of technique the simplicity of being able to do certain things in your technique really well translate no matter where you go mm. but the the little things um that you need to be able to adapt to when you get to certain places you'll only be able to adapt to them having had certain experiences of being shocked by wrestling different places and different people and different styles so you know um i forgot what the question was that we got on this tangent <laughs> i keep babbling i'm talking no no dude you're on a fucking roll dude. i don't know no, no, I no we so. were talking we're... i hope people are entertained i'm sorry people oh I jesus <laughs> what are you being fucking apologetic for yorick for take over sake. we should put yorick, yorick on the mic we should know. put yorick on the mic i think he's i think he's not up to par today we, he's, he's a little upset at me so we did this um charity <laughs> event today you know i know yorick i know you don't want to talk it's okay 
Um, we did this. <laughs> I, I see. Like, look, no, he's, he's giving. He's giving me the stink eye. I can right see now. it. I can. No, no. We're gonna. We're gonna give Yurik his own episode. We're I know. We should. His own episode. Oh, let's see Yurik. See now he's smiling. So oh, that's, great. That. that's a nice yeah. smile. That's nice a great smile. Oh, so yeah. So we did this charity event today. Um, and uh, the New Evolution Wrestling guys, everybody who invaded Puerto Rico, we decided to take the weekend to um support this um special athletes group in Brooklyn. Uh, they're a basketball team, so they um I think they won a championship and uh they had a practice today, so we just decided to show up and support them. And we played a little bit of a pickup game, and uh you know uh I decided to show off a little bit and tell everybody that I was going to be the first <laughs> professional wrestler to play basketball with one hand as Yorick stayed at my side, and um. <laughs> There was a little bit of chaos that happened. Maybe I threw the ball. Uh, maybe I held onto the ball and threw Yorick a couple times. Uh, <laughs> maybe at the last moment of the game, I missed the winning shot by throwing Yorick into the, into the basket instead of the ball. There was a lot of chaos. Um, but, uh, so yeah, that's why Yorick isn't too happy with me today. But, um, <laughs> the athletes had a great time. We were very, um, happy. We were great and we loved to be there and, uh, you know, we might go back in the future, but it was cool to, again, take the weekend, um, recognize some, some great athletes and some people who are not too far away from, uh, where we all are. So, um, that was great. And then, you know, I just hopped on over to the Landy Lodge. Came over to the Lodge. To the well, Lodge. Well, now it's time for you to get the famous Lodge question. Oh, God. And I might need to unwrap it for you. Let me know. But, oh, boy. Hamlet. Yes. Are you Chip Gang? Am I Chip Gang? Do you need me to unwrap it? No, no. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me, let me take it. Let me take a shot at this. Take a shot at it. Right, take a shot me, at let it. Let me, let me take a shot at this. Chip, <laughs> chip gang. In my heart, I know that thy gang is true, but to understand what a chip is is something I just cannot do. So, okay, tell me, tell me, <laughs> tell me, tell me, tell me what what this chip is. That was beautiful. I so, tried. I think you know what it is. I said it's the um like you'll put a chip in your brain or in your body, it'll let you know oh when you have God. a tumor. Oh your thoughts become Google searches. No. They oh no, you're not about this. No. You're not about this no, at all. This you're is not. like this is like 2060 <laughs> crazy shit. No. Okay. Okay, I was So actually, not chip gang. No, Hamlet hurts you no, not chip gang. No, Yorick, see Yorick is How about uh, your how no, you know, Yorick, get his life Yorick, back. Yorick doesn't even have any skin left. He's all bone. He's a head. Where are you going to put <laughs> no, no one is putting a chip you, in. He's missing some teeth. You can make it a tooth. Listen, Yorick, Yorick is in in question in some states you know putting a chip in someone know where he is he's kind of on the run right now we got to keep things on the dl um but uh, i i was actually talking to somebody recently about this chip thing in terms of the <laughs> now that i know what it is uh this injection thing it's it's weird because it's like if your id and your credit and all of your things are on this chip that you scan like what's to prevent somebody in like a high government position being like I, I don't like you or like turn off the chip fuck his chip fuck his chip no what are you gonna do you don't have ID you don't have money you don't have any you are now erased from the system you are God sir no. you are God like at least at least paper money coins like yeah. you can have God forbid if you lost your wallet if somehow you had a copy of a scan of your ID here here's my ID if they outlawed real IDs and you're like this is me no do you have a chip no this is me you can't scan kill him <laughs> kill him immediately no chip bro isn't that an idiocracy not with, chip uh, gang isn't that in, in, I uh, think so I think with, something uh, along that was his name uh, Luke Wilson yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> but what, what if I were to tell you they're already doing something like this in Sweden God bless them. In to Sweden. ride there's, in Sweden, there are people who they've gotten chipped, and that's how they ride the subway. That's how they ride the bus. Their entire transportation system is operating under this. Uh, there are thousands of people that are already chip gang for the bus, I, not I, even for tumors, <laughs> not for virtual reality, for the fucking bus. All right, all right. This is this is my. Feeling. We're fucked. All right, this <laughs> is all right, all right, all right. This this is my this is my feeling on it. I think. If you want to have a chip injected into your body and have that be the end-all, be-all of everything that is what you do with your life, God bless you. I will say, 
I, I mean, you know, everyone loses your wallet. You always misplace things. It'd be nice to not have to worry about it. But again, it would also not, it would be nice to not have to worry about like paying my credit statement or like little things, like personal things that you have to take care of. It's like, if everything is like a chip, if everything is just like, oh, I just, I scan this and this happens or this, this, like, I don't know. I'm just like, yo, I don't think. You know what fucks me, dude? It's, it's like, it's the medicinal stuff that's luring me. It's like, yeah. yeah, you know, it'd be really good to know. Like, imagine, like, you've blown out your knee. Imagine you got that warning, like, hey, hey, you're at a tipping point. Go get it looked at. How about one month of recovery instead of a year? That'd be weird. You know, you know what I'm saying? It's I like, wouldn't want my body telling you. I'll, when my body gives me the signals that God blessed me with to understand what's <laughs> happening in my body, that's when I'll make the goddamn decision to go to the fucking doctor. I don't need some goddamn chip in my goddamn body to tell me what I need to feel, goddammit. Yorick will tell me in my dreams what the fuck I need to feel. <laughs> This is some bullshit. What if Yurik was the chip all along? Oh my god. You've already been chipped. No! <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god, no. Oh, it's oh. a crazy question, man, because like this is fuck? this is what like we're gonna have to deal with. This is what our generation is gonna have to deal with. This is gonna be one of the trying questions of our time. This is why the renaissance of wrestling is needed. Yes. My lords and ladies. This is why you must come and see Shakespeare himself, the man, the myth, the legend that is ham that hurts you, perform and save you from the chaos that is this chip business. It's just good business, John. It's just good business. That's so scary. <laughs> That's so scary. Bro, I love that shit. Because it is scary, but it's kinda it's kinda wild. It's like we've come so far. Alright, I'll let you I'll let you get the first chip. No no, no I'm not getting it. iPhone number one. <laughs> if I'm chip gang, it's chip gang four. Yeah. Uh, it's chip gang four. Yeah, I'll be like chip gang like No, but you know what? You're hundred percent right though about them like shut like they could shut down your life. Cause like you think about the people that have been like deplatformed on social media yeah. and like it's next level on that. There are some people who like they've shut down their visas. Yeah. Like Visa and MasterCard, like, nope, yeah. you can't do transactions with us. Well, but it's you also I saying? feel like that's kind of the direction we're going though, because look they're like, well, the immigration shit and the wall and all these things. Like I wouldn't be surprised if you had a Trump community support everybody getting a chip. Because then it's Oh, let's everybody get a chip because if you don't have a chip, you need to get You know, I almost think they won't. I almost think they won't because I feel like, you know, it's like the whole America first idea. It's all about put the attention here. It's kind of like, it's almost like the thought. It's like a decentralized so. thought. It's like a decentralized thought, not like a centralized thought. Okay. It, you know, it, but you know, there are some radicals where you're right. There's some radicals that definitely would be like, no, nah, you're getting chipped. You're going to get the Trump chip. I know, I know Jim Cornell. You're going to get the Trump chip. You can sell, you can get, with every, uh, with every, like, uh, with every chip you get, uh, you get a Trump toupee. <laughs> That's how you sell it. I listen to Jim Cornette on most mornings to work, and I know that Jim Cornette would not be happy with a chip in anybody's body. So I'm going to stick with him probably and say, I'm, I'm not going to do the whole chip business. But it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, it's you crazy. Can, you can, you can give nah, I don't think I'm chip gang, man. I'm, I sit on the fence because, again, it's the medicinal stuff that sure. lures me, but I sit on the fence. I don't think I'm chip gang, but it's like. <laughs> bro what if like what if you lose your edge at the competitive market if you don't chip what if you're in a world of wrestlers who have chipped and because they've then chipped I have to do it that's what I'm I saying no no! but like but now but now you're putting me in a position where my livelihood and like my business I know, so I know, but like it freaks me out no but I think I think well but so wait are you saying that in Sweden they've iced like no one has any credit card no one has anything no 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 no, no. It's, that's what I'm saying it's just transportation Okay, it's so the yeah, bus. It's I don't the bus. Think, I don't think we're gonna get that far. Uh, but again, it's okay. a very scary base to start at. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Bro, what if they, what if they try to replace like uh, your Metro card with a chip? What do they try to uh, do that? I would. I would just stop taking them. No, but that's what our phones are for, right? Like, yeah. I feel like the phones are a good place to stop. Yeah. Like, don't let it in your skin. Yeah. You can put it against your skin, and maybe it's gonna radiate our testicles. Now, and... that, now that you're saying that, <laughs> now that you're saying that, I feel like I did see something recently where there was something like a chip for an MTA thing. Yeah. No. See, they're gonna try, dude. They they're gonna, gonna try. try. No, it's now that you said that, now you said it's transport. It's <laughs> weird. They want to bring it to New York. They want to bring it. Come on, man. Fuck like, that. you know what no. I'm saying? Like, we gotta. No, thank you. That's why I'm trying to talk to people about this. Like, it's coming. <laughs> It's coming. No, no, thank you. Oh, my goodness. Not for transportation. No. Not yeah. for transportation. No. You know, I play with it a little bit like if it's if it's something I can remove. Sure. Like maybe like if I wore a wristband, right? Like yeah. a, almost like a watch. Yeah. And I could put the chip on the wristband. Yeah. And that could be like my boop. Yeah. Boop. But it doesn't have to hold my bank account. Sure. Like I'll still pay you with my card. Sure. You know? Yep. 
Like I agree. I think I think that's there's I mean, room for negotiation. So you can you can tell me how it goes, and then <laughs> when the Wrestlers Association of America decides that every wrestler has to be implanted with a chip, so we know where everybody is at all times. I'll put let me bring let me bring up you know let me goes. bring up like a freak out scenario. Oh, Let's say I did get chipped, and I'm that chipped. Just sounds so weird. It's I got yeah, right. I got chipped. I got chipped. That sounds so weird. Bro, he's one of the chip people. That's so weird. <laughs> So That's I got so, so let's say I get chipped right, yeah. And um, with this chip, I now have access to the internet, yeah. And I can I could read books in a matter of minutes. I can download PDF books into my brain, and I do every I download all these books You're about the right about the yeah. I do all this about the dark web, right? I learned about the dark web, and I'm like, okay, how can I find John Rosser's uh, internet history? So I find your IP address, and I go through. I download your internet history in my brain. Everything you've watched, everything you've read, everything you've seen. I'm like, good. Now I know how to manipulate him. I know his fears. I know his insecurities. And I'm like, oh, Rosser, remember he told me to tell you how Chip Gang is? Well, let me tell you everything that conveniently will convince you it's a good thing, based on your life, of course. Then I would just kill you. Who knows? <laughs> You would tell me like everything, and then I would just be like, "Okay, you must die." Now. This guy has to die. Fuck this guy. Yo, but honestly, like that's that's kind of a really scary world scenario. I mean, Gabba, look, if if people want to do it, I say people should be able to do whatever you want to do in your life. But I'm like, that's that's it's scary. Shit. Well, what worries me is like that it could empower the worst kind of person. Like, think about. Think about what I just told you, right? The capability that's that the potential is there. Sure. Now, not to be scary, but imagine I uh, imagine a child molester with that kind of power. See, but but I'm saying in general, nobody should have that kind of power. Like nobody should be able to have like human <laughs> beings are not robots. We do not download information into our brains. But, and but would you say we are symbiotic with technology? Now we are. Uh, but you don't think we always been like because no. like when the chimps start when that when the, when the primordial monkeys they learned how to sharpen weapons like that's technology you know and that's how they progressed they 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 created tools like that's technology like I almost feel like it's symbiotic aliens like we've oh aliens aliens it's totally aliens I'm aliens. so happy you just said that. aliens I'm telling you my dad is is obsessed with aliens I'm <laughs> aliens are okay this uh, is great this well because I think no you're totally right that like. We are symbiotic with technology, and as we evolve, technology evolves, and that's how, like, we have the internet and we have these things. But, like, look at, like, the gap of, like, how, again, like, we evolved with tools, like, to make fire and to make, like, houses. And then there's, like, we create an entire world that is the internet. And then, like, and, like, now you have to talk about how people develop their selves through the internet and develop themselves at the same time that's why it's very fragile to give a kid like access to the internet as they're getting old because yeah now you're developing two things you're developing your own sense of identity in yourself and you're developing a sense of personality of who you are on your phone and on your and your facebook page and this so now when you're trying to make friends and you're trying to figure out what you want to do with your life, what you enjoy, just what makes you happy. Like now you can't even just be a kid and be in your own world. Cause now you're focused on, Oh, did Jenny like my, my Facebook uh, picture or is like, you know, I mean like little things. I'm not saying that it, it it's detrimental necessarily, but like I'm saying that if you're trying to figure out who you are as a human being, like it's very easy at a certain point to judge how you feel about yourself and what you're doing with what's going on on your phone or on the internet. So it's like if you just wait to a certain point with kids, like I don't know, sixteen, seventeen, well, maybe you know, it's too you know old. what it is, man. It's, it's like kids, kids, no matter what, like no matter what, kids are insecure, no matter what, because things change at such a rapid rate. Weird things are happening to your body. You're dealing with things like rejection <laughs> and, and here failure. We go. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're insecure when you're a kid and like social media does not help that well that's why i'm saying it makes it worse so it's like if you're trying to you know kind of figure out you know who your friends are or what you're doing you can judge like say you're in school right and then like you know you have a couple of people you hang out with but nobody likes your shit on facebook so now are they you know it's like we're friends but like you don't kind of like show people in public sure. that we're friends. True. So true. how does that fuck with you as a kid? You know what I'm saying? Like, 
when we were it was just kind of starting when we were in middle school. Yeah, it yeah, was like it was yeah. like just we had my MySpace. Space. Yeah, my yo, bro. I've but it said, wasn't that big of a deal. It was no, kind of like it had it. It was honestly a cult yeah. following. It was, it was like, like an underground it or, thing. Yeah. It yeah. Was, yeah, it wasn't a big deal. Now it's like if you're a kid and you say you don't have Facebook, it's like oh my god. Yeah, yeah. But that's what I'm saying is I think like you know. um Kids are really fragile. And also tying that back to wrestling, like that's why I think wrestling is so cool because wrestling gives kids and people, it doesn't matter how old you are, but it gives people the opportunity to have heroes, right? Because, yeah. you know, like it's, you can have like a, a guy who you like who's a fighter or a boxer or this, but like when you have a wrestler who stands for something and then the work that they do is legitimate and everything that they do in the ring is an example of what they represent and then you aspire to that type of attitude and power whatever that is you know that's very empowering so going back to what you said in terms of like helping people um like understand and process and achieve goals like i i know for a fact that like i'm inspiring people that i have i had no intention of thinking that they were going to pursue some type of um you know uh, search for shakespeare mm -hmm. or figuring shit out like um i had one friend tell me that uh um, his sister uh, was getting into Shakespeare and that in a class that she got a question right about um, Shakespeare that was on a pop quiz. And she was like one of the only people on the quiz who got it right. And then when the teacher asked, uh, she's like, how'd you get that right? She's like, oh, my brother wrestles with this guy. He does Shakespeare and wrestling. Ah, and again, now this whole class just now associates. You're a node in a network. Yeah. yeah. And again, going back to the whole thing in the beginning, like nothing comes from nothing you have to have a presence and you have to have something that people can connect with so it's like when people see that you know the wrestling and the shakespeare comes full circle and i'm doing shows here and i'm doing this but i'm also doing my thing and what i represent it's like oh i want to i want to see what this guy's doing i want to jump over there you know yeah otherwise it's just i'm a wrestler wrestling you know i'm i'm trying to be the wrestler who's wrestling and just doing it differently and and that's my standard, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Time will tell. Because again, time I'm, will tell. You know, I'm just trying to keep moving. And no, nah, you're the real deal, brother. Thank you're you. You're the real deal. You're <laughs> out here. You're crushing it. You're you're putting ripples through your networks. Got a whole class learning about Shakespeare because you're up there going to me. Yeah, and I have whacking now, people with books. <laughs> and yeah. I have a whole network of. Uh, wrestlers now who now just randomly are going around going to me to me to me that's it man it's like you gotta you gotta be the master of the meme yeah i you know and again you just want to do something that makes people you know think and stick and it sticks you know if to be now makes you feel good and you want to say like hell yeah why not like that's that's what you want to do you, you know just... if you can make people think and laugh at the same time that's that's remarkable. Yeah. And like, if that's you can the... make them think and laugh and in the same, I don't know, 20 minute, 15 minute period, also make them cry and go through that, like, that's what I want to do in the ring. Like, I want to come out. I want people to be excited. And then I want to take them on the emotional roller coaster of their life where they think, oh my God, somebody's going to get hurt. Oh my God, he's doing Shakespeare. Oh my God, they're flying out of the ring. Oh my God, there's a something. Oh my God, he's got the skull. You know, like, just... It, it's something you haven't seen on television and it's something that you're not going to see in the theater. It's, it's, it's just me doing my thing everywhere I'm going, which will hopefully come back into doing Renaissance of the ring at some point of time for the masses. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> we keep having those little plugs. It's like, great. No, dude, it, it's fucking great. It's, you know, we're, we're running low on time. No, sure. Please. I, I don't know if there's anything that anything else you want to cover Anything else you want to talk about? Uh, I mean, like, well, I'm gonna have you plug yourself at the end. So. I'm sure. I mean, like, I feel like I've I've pretty much t taken the the whirlwind tour of you know what I've got going on right now, and you know, Renaissance of the Ring, and you know, purchase, and uh, you know, I, I think you know, I'm just trying to. This is the check in, right? Like, yeah. This is what's going on right now. Mm -hmm. So. Maybe let's say hopefully by the end of the year we can be back again. You know, we'll have the whole recap of, of what's been going on. This well, hell yeah! I mean, dude, if you get if you get a, if you're gonna go back for revenge in Puerto Rico, I want you on here right before and right after. Oh, of course, I uh, love that. Paint the narrative. Of course. Well, like I said, I mean, you know, I I told the whole backstory. You know, like some real stuff happened down there. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you, you can't write this stuff, man. This mm -hmm. is just 
life on the road, you know, making it as real as possible and uh, leaving leaving a mark. So I definitely left my mark down there. I know they're feeling it and uh, I'm feeling it too. And, um, you know, we're, like I said, we definitely have some awesome things to come in the future. But um, New Evolution Wrestling, um, we have the Memorial Cup going on in June. Um, it's going to be awesome. And like I said, we have some some cool shows coming up. Hopefully we're going to come down uh, back in Puerto Rico uh, in October. And uh, like I said, man, um, March, April, May, June is going to be busy. Just fuck yeah. traveling and, you know, working the circuit and just trying to affect as many people as I can. And if I affect the right person and something happens, I'll let you know. You Hell know? yeah. Well, hey, well, let these motherfuckers know where they can find you, where they can follow you. Let them, let them know where they can find you, buddy. Of course. On. So um, on Instagram, Hamlet Hurts, like I'm going to hurt you if you get it wrong, H-A-M-L-E-T-H-U-R-T-S. Um, on Facebook, it's facebook.com slash Hamlet Hurts, same thing. I'm going to hurt you if you get it wrong. Please don't. Um, and on Twitter, uh, also at Hamlet Hurts, same thing. Now, I'm getting back on the Twitter game. Haven't really been tweeting that much, but um, follow the Instagram. I post like every day new things. Facebook, every day we're posting. Um, and just stay in the loop. The renaissance of wrestling can't be stopped. And we're just moving forward, baby. This is just the start. Hell yeah. Moving forward. Everybody, thank you for tuning in. Hamlet Hertzu, thank you for being Mr. on. Mr. Landy, thank can't, you so much. Can't wait to honor. have you back on. Oh, the I can't wait to be, brother. Thank it's you so much. It's an honor. My pleasure. It's off the charts.